Hello? <laughs> Shut your pie hole. Up, freaks! What a boring week it has been for me. I hope you guys have done a lot more than I have. Uh, it's the first week in a while that I haven't been on WWE. I did not fly out there this week, so I have been catching up on a lot of rest and also just kind of like secluding myself, isolating myself in my apartment and trying to avoid all plans with anybody. I just want to enjoy my own company, you know? Now, it would be different if there was somebody who was, like, willing to, like, give me some action, you know, pleasure me. But that's not really happening for me right now. Um, it's extremely disappointing. But if that's not happening, I'm probably not going to go anywhere and do anything. And uh, I have no desire. Like, if you want to hang out, you got to come to me. And I have cats. And a lot of people are allergic to cats. So the isolating has gone to a new level lately. I did hang out with Nick one day this week, but that was pretty much it. I've mainly been watching Big Brother, and I actually wanted to talk about something that's happening on Big Brother right now. It happened on the live feeds on Monday night, and it was a fight between the head of household, Christmas, and the two girls she nominated for eviction, Davon and Bailey. And Tyler comes out... Uh, so Tyler was on season 20. This is season 22 right now. Tyler was on season 20. He comes up to, uh, Davon and Bailey and he says, Hey, you girls deserve to be here. You guys have a better purpose than I do here. I'm going to tell Christmas, who is that household, to put me up for eviction. And I want to go home. Like, I want to go home. You girls deserve to be here. You have a much better meaning for all of this than I do. And I want to just go ahead and like be evicted. Feeds get cut. Everything's in shambles. Uh, Bailey and Davon are like, you know, all about it. They're like, okay, like, obviously, that would be great. Uh, and also, I respect you for that. And Tyler was like crying. And I mean, I've never felt more genuinity from him ever, like, since that moment. And so then the feet's cut. Tyler's talking to Christmas in the HOH room for over an hour, two hours, maybe two and a half hours. And... Then things got weird whenever he came out of there and you could tell maybe like the the options had changed or something like maybe that what I think happened because a lot of people tried to claim that Tyler was using BLM as a way to get further in the game. Like he was saying, I'm going to like this was the theory some people have like Tyler said in theory, like I'm going to be the guy who tries to sacrifice himself for the two black girls to make myself look better on TV and then had no intention of actually doing it. I do not agree with that. I genuinely believe that Tyler was feeling terrible and was realizing that, yes, Big Brother is a game, but there's a much bigger picture that's going on in the world right now, and that is the Black Lives Matter movement, and Big Brother's never had a black winner, uh, there's a minimal amount of black people on every season and they always get picked off first. It's disgusting. And I think that he saw that and he wanted to be a part of the solution. And I think that production probably came in whenever they had the feeds down and they came in and told him like, well, what he was telling other house guests 
which adds to this is basically that they said you're not allowed to advertise yourself to be self-evicted. You're not allowed to tell people to vote you out. You're not allowed to tell people to nominate nominate you. But it's just hilarious because in season 13, there was a black man named Lawan and he told the house guests to nominate him and evict him. And they did. And there was no problem with that. But whenever Tyler does it, now all of a sudden there's this rule that you're not allowed to do that. Maybe they changed the rules since season 13 to season 22 to where you can't do that anymore. You can't uh, campaign for yourself to be evicted. But either way, Tyler was so on board with it. So whenever he came out and he said that, he said, I'm not allowed to do that. Then everybody on the Internet started going wild with all these accusations of like he just used the BLM movement to like further his game and all for game purposes. And as we all know, Tyler is not a dumb person and he's a very smart player. That's not a smart move to do that. He would not do something that dumb. He would not do something so offensive. He's not an ugly person like that. He would not take something that is so serious and so important to the world right now and use that as a gameplay. That's not his style. I would, I will never believe that he did this as a gameplay. So shoot all of that shit down, in my opinion. And I think that he just got fucked by production and not being able to do it. But anyway, so then Christmas and Davon and Bailey, they all get into a fight. Like Davon gets into a fight with Christmas and so does Bailey. And one of the biggest things that I took away from it, because I will never understand what it's like to be a black person in America. But hearing this explanation from Bailey on why they have to act and uh, they have to like make sure they keep themselves composed and all these things. So like Bailey was on season 20. She freaked out on a house guest and everybody like called her all kinds of mean, prejudiced, racist, ugly names for her freaking out and saying, you know, she was like the stereotypical like mad black woman, like all this stuff. So this season, she comes back on. This is season 22, so it's a few years later. And she's talking to Christmas, and Christmas is off of her goddamn rocker, by the way. And uh, she's talking to Christmas. Christmas starts getting loud with her. Bailey has remained calm, cool, and collected the entire time. Very good demeanor, not being mean, being very nice, just trying to have a very direct conversation, but also still very empathetic. I felt like she was definitely trying to keep her cool and in a very, very good way. I mean, she really impressed me because I would have popped off, but she didn't. And the reason she didn't. So Christmas is coming at her. Christmas is popping off on her. Christmas is clapping in her face, putting her fingers in her face. Remember, Christmas is a white woman. And... Bailey's like, get your hands out of my face. Don't put your fingers in my face. Like, stop clapping at me, all this stuff. And she's saying it in a very, very nice, calm, cool, collected demeanor. And Christmas is like, fuck off, Bailey, fuck off. And all this stuff. And Bailey was like, I can't act like that to you because if I did that, people would call me crazy. And it went even further to her explaining it later on. These are all in the live feed. So who knows if they'll air this episode. But Bailey's talking about her interaction with Christmas to another man. And she's like explaining why she can't behave that way. And it like, it's not okay for her as a black woman to behave that way as it is okay for this white woman to behave that way. And I'm not speaking on behalf of the black community. I'm just trying to uh, reiterate and explain what Bailey was saying. So in case anybody who doesn't watch big brother could hear it from this podcast, because I think it was a really important message. So, 
Bailey and Davon were talking about how they have to filter themselves and they have to make like, be very aware of how they react to every situation because they do not want to be labeled as these things because that's immediately what people jump to. Whereas some white woman, Christmas, can run around here acting a fool, being ugly as hell, being so mean to people, saying whatever she wants, and nobody's going to refer to her as something as mean as that. They're just going to say, oh, yeah, Christmas, she's crazy. Like, we're all crazy. That's not an insult anymore. Crazy is not an insult. And Christmas has, she doesn't even skip a beat. She doesn't even think about her actions. She just does them because she's not going to be deemed something so mean and hurtful and, you know, like, feed into a fucking stereotype or whatever, like, I don't know. I, I just really appreciated Bailey explaining it in that way because as a white woman, I don't understand what it's like. So seeing from the perspective of a black person of how that is and like how you have to like how concerned they are about making sure that they don't feed into this bullshit ass stereotype that's so mean like it's just so fucked. It just contributes into how white people are so privileged that we don't even have to think about that kind of thing. We don't even have to think about people calling us really mean, hurtful things like that. Like, we can just react. I mean, not not all of us are like that, but, like, the majority of us are. And you can just see it plain as day. Like, this is the year of the biggest protests, I think, in American history. All for Black Lives Matter. And we still have a woman, Christmas, going up there, nominating two black women and going after them. And then claiming that they attacked her when they did absolutely nothing of the sort. And it's really disappointing to see. Uh, And I really wish that CBS wouldn't have casted her or would maybe intervene and say, hey, we need to have like some kind of meeting or do something about this. I mean, I don't even know. Maybe just kick her off because it's ridiculous. And a lot of people are trying to say it's not racist. Like Bailey and Davon, they are like this and they're like this. And I'm like, no, no, no. You see what you're saying right now? Your excuses are still racist because they're not being like anything. If you listen to what they're saying, They're not saying anything mean. They are not acting any kind of way. Like, people are just uncomfortable with other people, like, being uh, direct. People can't handle directness because they want to be coddled. They want to be sugar-coated talked to. And I don't respect that. I respect people who are direct with me. And that's completely understandable if you just say exactly what you mean. But all these white people are so used to being coddled and everybody telling them like what they want to hear and saying in the most perfect way to make them super comfortable. Like that's not a life that I want to live because those people are going to say the exact opposite behind your back, which is exactly what we're witnessing on Big Brother right now. They will tell you what you want to hear in your face, turn around and then go and say something else behind your back and how annoying you are, or like how you're so stupid that you trusted them and blah, blah, blah. Whereas the people... Like Janelle, Kaser, Bailey, Day, they say exactly what's up to your face. And it's there's no like bullshitting around it. It's a way better way of playing Big Brother. I don't want to be lied to. I don't want to be deceived. I don't want people to tell me what I want to hear. I want to hear the cold hard truth. And I really hope that whenever these house guests that have been targeting Bailey and Davon, whenever they get out, they can maybe learn something from their microaggressions and the injustice that they've treated these lovely, lovely women with. These women are so loyal and they're wonderful. And I would do anything to work with them in the game of Big Brother. And instead, they've been targeted for absolutely no reason. And not just them. 
every other person of color in the house has been on the block. The, the people on the block have only been people of color and women. The white alpha males run in the house, running it. It's disgusting. I can't stand it. It's, it's just like we've come. So, we've, you know, we, back in old Big Brother days, the underdogs would win. The underdogs would win comps. Like, you know, you, you would have somebody to root for. Everyone we want to root for is getting picked off one by one. And being run by a bunch of ignorant, asshole, white, alpha males. And then the white females that just feed their game and just kiss their asses the whole time. Instead of like, you know what? Why would you not see them as a threat and try to go against them? Why are you just going to follow them? Bunch of followers. I'm so sorry about that rant. I was just really passionate about that. But yeah, the bottom line is like, see the truth for what it is. If you're into Big Brother and you watch it, don't sit there and try to accuse Tyler of doing something malicious because I don't think that was the case. I believe Tyler's a good person and I truly believe he wanted to evict himself or get put on the block so he could save one of the girls because he realized how much there's a bigger picture than just the game of Big Brother and that we're in a day and age where we are fighting for black lives and we are trying to emphasize the fact that black lives matter and there's never been a black winner of Big Brother. So I think that he thought that that was more important on the representation and the supporting and the possible winner the first black winner was more important than him being in the game for a second time. And so I think production talked him out of it. So anyone who says that he did that for game, I do not believe that's his heart. I believe that he just got fucked out of his plan because they wouldn't let him do it. So I know I touched a little bit on WWE and how I'm so bummed that I'm not going back this week, but hopefully I will be back soon. We will see. But my guest today is actually a wrestler who I've been watching for a few years. She's incredible. She's been wrestling for, I think it's about like 17, 18 years now. We'll round it up to 20. Um, She is on Total Divas. She's incredible. She is signed to the WWE under the ring name Natalia. And she performs on Monday Night Raw. She is two times women champion in WWE. And she has held the SmackDown Women's Championship and Divas Championship once each. She is one of the most sweetest women I know. She's very insightful, very great advice. And I'm really excited to get to talk to her today and talk about wrestling. So you guys can maybe get a little hint of how amazing it can be. And hopefully you guys can start to get into it as well. So without further ado, Natalia. Hi, Natty. Hi. <laughs> oh, this is so cool. I've been watching you for years on WWE and Total Divas, so this is really exciting for me. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, I I always appreciate anybody that watches and follows the product and especially my Total Divas stuff cuz that was there's a lot of there's a lot to cover there. Oh my gosh, I know it was so funny because I went like through so many ups and downs before I knew you, like watching you. Like one week I'd be like, oh, Natty. And then the next week I was like, wait, I love her. And then, you know, I was like going back and forth. You were very, very entertaining. Oh, thank you. I, you know, I, I, I think I get a lot of that from people. They, I can, I can, I can be a little polarizing at times, but I think that's what's great about entertainment, especially like reality TV is just like having those different layers Exactly. And I, I'm definitely controversial and very polarizing as well. And I mean, if people aren't talking about you, you're doing something wrong. Exactly. Um, 
So I I love wrestling, um, as I've told you before. You know, I just recently got to do some stuff with WWE, and that was amazing. Um, but whenever I try to describe wrestling, like to people who've never really like gotten it, they've never been into it, I really really struggle to explain to them why it's so amazing. So how would you describe the appeal of wrestling to somebody that has never really like given it a chance? Well, I think that's the cool thing with Total Divas is that we, you know in nearly 150 episodes of doing that show, um, we were able to help bring women in, a lot of women that watched E! that never watched wrestling before. And they would watch us on Total Divas and they would see our personalities. And they, they would go, oh, I want to I check out what they do on Mondays, on Raw, or Fridays on SmackDown. And I think if you've never watched WWE before, it can be really intimidating. But I also think what's cool about WWE is that it's not just what we do in the ring. There's so much that goes into it. It's a performance. It's entertainment. You have people from every single walk of life, people from every sort of race, religion, ethnicity, size, you know, gender. You have moms. You have, I mean, like, we got, it's not abnormal to walk into work and have a guy like Brock Lesnar next to you or The Big Show next to you or The Undertaker next to you or, you know, Ronda Rousey. Like, you have this whole you have the, you just have a bunch of amazing characters and people and energy. So it's very spontaneous and exciting. And like, I think the world just needs, especially right now, more than anything, I think the world needs to feel a sense of lightheartedness and we want to be entertained. And like, you know, as you were saying earlier about being a polarizing character, if you're polarizing, people want to watch you. And I think right now, like entertainment is so important WWE is bringing that. We're bringing romance. We're bringing drama. We're bringing cat fights. We're bringing relationship stories. Like it's it's something that you can definitely, if I, if you've never watched before, I would suggest watching it because it's sort of like you can, you can truly expect the unexpected. And at, so many women that never watched our show, they they fall in love with it. They're like, I can't. I'm, I'm hooked. I want to see what's going to happen next. Can you believe what Bailey did to Sasha? And it's like, it's cool to see people like change their minds about the product. Yes, I, I that's how I got into wrestling actually was from Total Divas because I was obsessed with watching E and then I became obsessed with Total Divas and I was like, I, I need to check out this whole wrestling thing. And then I had a friend and she actually watched it like her whole life. And so I was like, hey, can I watch wrestling with you? Like, you know, I don't know anyone else that watches it. You know, because all my friends are like little prissy sorority girls at the time. And um, so I was like, can we just get down and dirty and watch some wrestling? And so we went back and I watched clips from, you know, like historical clips all over YouTube because I watched one episode and I was like, oh, my gosh, wait, I'm obsessed. And it's like so emotional, too. Like you get so into it whenever you watch it. And it's, it's such a cool story. There's like somewhere for you to relate, you know, and like you just get to watch people's journeys and you get to watch, you know, like I was telling Lana, like I remember watching her on Total Divas of like her wanting to be a wrestler so bad and her wanting to wrestle and then like getting to watch her finally like get in the ring and stuff like that and it's so cool and like it's so fun to root for people and then it's so fun to like hate people like you said it's very entertaining and especially during this time we need that yeah and it's like it's just fun to like lose yourself watching the show and being you know just entertained it's like it's WWE it's like a I always say it's like a rock concert it's like the Olympics and it's like a soap opera and it's just it's it's fun it's like you know even during a pandemic and i'm so proud of wwe for this because it was very challenging for the company but even during a global pandemic when the entire world shut down wwe still found a way to keep going and i mean i know because i was right in the thick of it it was not easy 
to do that. But we still found a way to bring entertainment to people. And in doing that, we ended up having the most viewed WrestleMania in the history of WWE. Because people, even going through a crisis, people still want and need entertainment. They need a way to take their minds off of everything that's going on. There's only so much CNN we can watch or so much, so much of the news that we can see where we're like, you know, you just feel kind of overwhelmed. I feel like with, with WWE, you can kind of get lost. And I find myself even like, I think it's super important for me, even as a talent, to, cut, to watch the show as a fan. Like, I'll watch something with Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton, and I'll be like, I can't believe that that happened. I can't believe Randy did that. Or Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio and his family. Like, I, it's certain things are resonating with me, and it's, it's just fun. It's fun to, like, get lost in it. It really is. I totally agree with you. How did you find yourself in the WWE? Well, I come from a very long line of wrestlers. And my family, my dad was a wrestler, my uncle's. Um, my uncle, the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, Dynamite Kid, Brett the Hitman Hart, and Owen Hart, um, they were part of the Hart family. And my grandfather is a WWE Hall of Famer, and he, um, you know, he ran a wrestling a promotion in Canada. So he was like an amateur wrestling champion of Canada. And so I, I come from a long line of wrestlers. So I was the only girl that got into wrestling in my family, actually like competed in the ring. And it, cause my, my grandfather, Sue was very traditional. He didn't think that wrestling pro wrestling was a place for women. Um, not for his granddaughter, not for his daughters. So he, he, it's not that he didn't like it or respect it. He just felt like the women needed to be more protective, um, or protected, excuse me. But as, as I grew up and as the industry evolved, um, and there became more women like Trish Stratus and Lita and Molly Holly and all these different women in WWE. It became these women that were paving the way for the women's evolution. It became more like, wow, I could maybe do this one day. And I said that to Trish Stratus. I said it wasn't necessarily my uncle, Bret Hart, or my grandfather, Stu Hart, or my dad, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, um, who are, by the way, I'm bragging, I'm name dropping, but they're all, those guys are, those guys are all Hall of Famers, WWE Hall of Famers. It wasn't them that necessarily inspired me to want to do this. It was somebody like Trish Stratus, who I watched her and I was like, she's blonde, she's Canadian, she's athletic, she's fierce, she's pretty. I can relate to that. Like, I mean, I'm pretty. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> and, uh, but I mean, I, I watched her and I was like, I want to be like her. You know, so it was women like Trish that were paving the way, way, you know, back when I was a teenager. And um, so, so that's kind of how I wanted to get into it. Not just from my family, even though I grew up around it, but from, from women like Trish Stratus and Lita, who were the first women to main event Raw. Um, and they just were badasses. You had Trish, she was like your, you know, she's a, she was a, she is a beautiful blonde, you know, curvaceous, Sex, like she's a sex pot. She's a bombshell. And then you have Lita, who's the exact opposite. You know, she's grungy. She's like more like Paige. Like she's, you know, she's a little rough around the edges. She was, she could do a moonsault. She was just like, she had like a grungy rocker vibe about her. But she and Trish were so different. But like they, they, when they came together, they showed that women could do anything and that you could really, you could come from any walk of life and do this, whether you're a mom, whether you're tall, whether you're short, whether you're big, whether you're small, like it doesn't matter. It's just about having passion and they both have passion and that like, again, resonated in me and I wanted to be like them. 
I love hearing that so much. I actually have like on my notes here talking about like how you also like play a huge part in the WWE being more like female forward. And so even over the past few years that I've been watching, I've definitely seen it change so much. And you are like, you know, carrying the torch with like, you know, you and like Sasha Banks and like, you know, the kind of newer group of all of y'all, like uh, Nikki and Brie did it like watching y'all for me, like y'all were like my Trishes. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's really, I love that you say that. So you do realize, though, like you have such a huge impact on this, too. I, I, I you know what, I, I'm starting to realize it more and more, but I'm very, by nature, I never really like, you know, even though right now in WWE, I play a, I play a bad girl. Um, by nature, I never really like to brag or like talk about my accomplishments. But as I get older, I'm realizing it's important to like understand what you bring to the table. It's important to know and recognize like, hey, like I'm valuable. I matter. I'm worth something. This is what I've done. I'm so proud of myself. And like, I grew up being one of those girls that was like, if somebody said I was pretty, I would go, oh, like I would, like I would almost argue with them. Like, I'm not that pretty. <laughs> or, like, and now I'm realizing like, no, if somebody says you're pretty, just say thank you. I appreciate it. Like if somebody gives you a compliment, thank them. And when I look back on my body of work and what I've done in WWE, it's like hard to believe sometimes. I didn't even realize it myself until like the last six months when people, fans from, you know, our WWE universe started pointing out, Hey Natty, just so you know, like (laughs) you have the most matches of any woman in WWE history. Hey, Natty, you have the most pay-per-view matches of any woman in WWE history. Natty, you've won the most matches of any woman in WWE history. And I was like, I didn't even know that. You know, like, I, I don't keep track of that. But, like, when I hear that kind of stuff, I'm like, I was the first woman to wrestle in Saudi Arabia. I was the first, you know, woman to, to be a part of a TLC match or a ladder match or, like, or in WWE, our, our Money in the Bank match. Like, I've done so many first evers in the company. I'm like this is great. Like, I'm so, I'm so proud of myself and all that I've accomplished and like, and, and not only what I've done, but just like in helping build the division that building our division is what's the most important to me. So that, that to me is what I'm most proud of. You should be proud of yourself because wow, that is a lot of accomplishments. That's so cool. I don't know about y'all, but I believe in self-investment. You work hard to reward yourself with premium products that mirror your lifestyle. This is what got me into native. One of my biggest fears is having stanky, sweaty pits in public. My Native deodorant doesn't just block odor better, it's made better. Native has amazing ingredients like coconut oil, shea butter, etc. And it's vegan and never tested on animals. Why is aluminum deodorant bad for you? It forms a plug in your sweat glands to keep you from sweating. Gross. That's why Native never uses ingredients like aluminum, parabens, sulfates, or talc. I've tried aluminum-free deodorant before, and it just didn't do it for me. But with Native, switching to an aluminum-free deodorant doesn't mean you have to sacrifice on odor protection. Native keeps you smelling clean and fresh all day long. They have over 10 scents, including rotating seasonals, so they have something for everyone. Their most popular classic scents are coconut and vanilla, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, and citrus and herbal. My personal favorite is the coconut and vanilla because it smells sweet and delicious. Yeah, I called my armpits sweet and delicious. Just accept it. I have tried a lot of deodorants since I started puberty 15 years ago, and this deodorant is by far my favorite. And it's better for me. 
Native is like the quinoa in a world full of white enriched rice. Native is risk-free to try. Every product comes with free shipping within the U.S. Plus, free 30-day returns and exchanges. So you can try all the scents to find your perfect one. See why so many people love Native and check out over the 14,000 five-star reviews. Native also has a newsletter that I love to keep up with so I can see what is new with the brand that has seriously changed my armpits in the best way. Do what I did. Make the switch to Native today by going to nativedo.com slash BDE or use promo code BDE at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's N-A-T-I-V-E-D-E-O dot com slash B-D-E or use promo code B-D-E at checkout for 20% off your first order. NativeDO.com slash B-D-E for 20% off your first order. You didn't plan on being a wrestler. You just got inspired by female wrestlers. Is that right? I, I was hosting a kids TV show in uh, Canada, Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and Eric Bischoff, who used to run WCW, <clears throat> he was part of the show. And um, we had Mauro Ranallo. He was our commentator, Eric Bischoff, Joey Styles. The show was called Matt Rats, and I was just hosting it. And they wanted me to be involved with a little wrestling spot in the, and I was like 18 at the time. They wanted me to do one little like thing in the ring, one little move. So in order to do that, I had to go train. And my grandfather never let women train in the dungeon. So no girls were allowed to be where like all the guys trained, but like I managed to get through and, and train the second, the first day of training in the dungeon, I was so hooked. Like the first day of wrestling practice, I was like, I love this. I want to do this. This is a, this is addicting. And it's just like a bug. It just, it was so much fun. It gave me so much confidence that I literally just never wanted to, I never looked back. That's what, that's really what got me into it. I love hearing that. That gives me the chills thinking about it. Like you said, you're so hooked on it because you know, I always watch it. Like I've always been like, Oh my gosh, that'd be so cool to be a WWE superstar, like wrestling. It looks so fun, but it also is very intense. And like seeing it in person is even more intense than seeing it on TV. And you guys are really putting your bodies through a lot. Have you personally had any injuries? I have. And it is really intense. Wrestling is, life is intense. You know, it's like my husband and I, we both have wrestled for a long time. He wrestled for 20 years and now he's a producer in WWE. Um, And he's an incredible producer because of the amount of wrestling experience that he has. But for me, like in, in my husband, my husband's career ended because he broke his neck in the ring. So I understand that things can happen and, and there are a lot of, it's, it's a very intense, intense world. But like I said, life is intense. There's no guarantees. Tomorrow is not promised to anyone. You could go out today and you could be riding your bike and hit a speed bump or you could be in an accident on the road or you could, anything can happen to anyone at any given time. So I never really let like injuries deter me from wanting to try new things or take risks, but I have had an ACL injury. I've broken my ankle. I've gotten my front teeth knocked out. What? Where did the teeth go? Um, well, Nikki Bella and I were, and we, 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 we were wrestling and somehow I like she, Nikki Bella is very intense, by the way, she is one badass chick. 
I love her. Oh my gosh, I love her. I love her too. And so we were, we were just wrestling and then like I took a flying shoulder tackle and like my teeth. Yeah. And so I finished the match. No. <laughs> we finished the match and then like we laughed about it after and I went to an emergency dentist in Las Vegas. So. Oh my gosh, you finished the match. That kind of stuff happens. I've broken my nose. You know, like there's just. There's, there's things that happen all the time. It's, it's just, it's, it's a, it's very, it's a challenging industry, but it's also really fun. And I've come to learn too, like I, you know, like I said, life happens. People get, people can get hurt working out of the gym. You know what I mean? So I never really let like, yes, it's, it's high risk. The ring is a dangerous place. The ring is just like a car. Like when you think about like my husband and I, we just got our own wrestling ring and it's like the biggest, most amazing, like passion project that we have because my whole adult life I've wanted to have my own wrestling ring we finally got our own ring and and like as cool as it is to have I'm very very careful about who goes in it because it's so dangerous I've realized like it's like a car if you don't know how to drive a car it's a dangerous weapon (laughs) wow yeah that's a good point I mean of course, like every time I'm at WWE and I'm like walking past like a stage or a ring or whatever, I'm like, man, I just want to jump in there and just roll around. And then I'm like, I would get hurt so bad. Like, that's why you have to have all this proper training. Yeah, it's the training. It's like, you know, and we, we are so lucky in WWE that like WWE and I'm kind of bragging about the company, but this is how I feel. We are the benchmark. We are the the we are. We are the elite and we train and, and we train like the elite. We have some of the best pro wrestlers on the planet and some of the best minds in pro wrestling in WWE helping train us for greatness. Like Shawn Michaels, like my husband, TJ Wilson. Um, so many people that like, just bring like, you know, you think about like, I've had triple H help me put together matches before where you're like triple H. I mean, how many championships has he won? He's literally helping me in the ring, helping me be the best that I can be. And um, you just think about like, I've been in the ring with women like Ronda Rousey where, you know, Ronda didn't really, she didn't really understand pro wrestling, but then she brings her knowledge. Let me rephrase that. She was brand new when she came to WWE. She didn't, she had never pro wrestled before, but she brought her MMA knowledge to the ring. So we had this nice exchange of like, I'll teach you what I know about pro wrestling. You teach me what you know about this. And like, it was so fun. You know, we have so many incredible people working with us and helping set us up for greatness. And I think with, with WWE and, and with wrestling and training, you, you have to keep the machine. You have to keep, if you don't use it, you lose it. That's why even right now, you know, we do raw once a week. We, because of the pandemic, we can't do live events. I get in my ring and I train today, this afternoon, I'm actually training with Lana and we're going to just train privately with, with my husband, TJ. And we're just going to just do some, we're going to train for a couple hours. It's not going to be crazy, but it's going to be like, getting the engine going again so that we always are sharp every time we perform and that we, we understand and feel and know like what the ring feels like. You know, it's, I've been wrestling for 20, almost, well, 17 years, almost 20 years, but I, I've been around it since I was a little kid. And I just know like, if I'm not in a wrestling ring for two weeks, I'm rusty. I'm so, so rusty. That's really interesting. I didn't realize how often you had to keep up with it. I don't know why. I just thought you like practice like once a week and then you're good. <laughs> no, it's you just got to, you know, before the pandemic, we were on the road Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we would do raw. Then we would be on tour. We would go to Australia. We'd go to China. We'd go to Europe. We would wrestle every day. So when I was filming Total Divas, when, you know, I life was great before the pandemic. <laughs> 
<laughs> when we were filming Total Divas, when we were doing live events, when we were performing in arenas across the entire world, I was on the road like 300 days a year. And you learn to live, yeah, it's hard. You learn to live your life on the road. So it's that kind of travel that is challenging for, for a lot of people. That, that can be like one of the biggest deterrents for people getting into it because, you know, the travel prior to the pandemic was crazy. But the pandemic happened and now we're just working one day a week. So it's great. <laughs> wow. I had no idea that 300 days out of the year. Who was like taking care of your cat? My mom. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. <laughs> I, I moved my mom really close to me so that she could like watch my cats. And like, we were always gone. I never knew what it was. I never met my neighbors. Like I was just like, we were, TJ and I were just always, always gone. So it is really nice. That's one thing with this pandemic that's been really nice that, you know, obviously it's been a challenging time for everyone, but it's allowed me to also for the first time in my WWE career, which has been 12 years of being in WWE, it's allowed me to slow down a little bit. I never had that chance to do that before because I never had like in WWE, I never had an injury that took me out of the ring longer than a couple weeks. So I, I never had a chance to really be home long and like sleep in my own bed and make coffee for myself in the morning and have a nice meal with my family other than just a couple times a year. And so this has been such a nice way to slow down. I've been doing a lot of like, you know, body maintenance and things that I just like, it's really important for all of us, not just to be physically healthy, but like mentally healthy too. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. And that's probably been one of the biggest challenges for a lot of people during the pandemic is the mental health. Everyone's kind of going stir crazy because, you know, well, some people, you know, they're losing their jobs. Now they don't have money. So their mental health is being affected. A lot of people, you know, locked in their house for an extended period of time. Some people, I know a lot of people that have been in their house by themselves, just one person alone in their house for months. And then that's affecting mental health. So I think it's very important for everyone to do different practices right now for our own sanity. Like I've been trying to get into meditating and stuff like that. I've never meditated before. And so now I'm like trying to get into it. And I'm like, even that makes me feel a little bit better because my mental health is shit too, you know? Yeah, it's, it's affected everyone. Like it's, there's definitely been times where like during this pandemic where I felt like, I felt like, oh, I'm so happy I have tomorrow off. I can just decompress. And then there's been times where I'm like, I'm so bored. I don't feel stimulated. I don't feel like I'm being productive. I don't know what my purpose is. Like, I feel like I'm useless. There's only so many hours in a day that I want to work out. Like some days I don't even feel like working out. Like, you know, I, it's just, there's so many different emotions and everybody's kind of going through it in a different way. And like, I even had guilt, like, because I, because I didn't lose my job and I felt so bad because like during the pandemic, a lot of people did lose their jobs. And I felt like almost like survivor's guilt. Like I felt bad that I like kept my job and like other people that I worked with didn't. And I just felt like, you know, I, when Sarah Logan, she was a girl that I worked with, you know, she had gotten released and I felt really bad. Like I just felt terrible inside, but like, I was like, I can't imagine what she's going through. Like her husband still works in WWE. She doesn't. And then she ended up, she ended up announcing that she was expecting a baby. So she's really excited and she's really happy and she's really great. Like she, she's like, wow, this one door opened that I never like expected. And I'm so happy like with this new direction. So it ended up working out well for her, but like, there's a lot of guilt too for people that, you know, like I've been trying to make sure that everybody in my family is taken care of and they're okay and everybody's safe. And like, you know, just, making sure that people can, you know, if there's somebody in my family that's struggling, like I want to help them because I'm so blessed and so fortunate to have my job in WWE, but there's so many people that there's, you know, at one point there was 40 million Americans that didn't have a job. 
Oh my gosh, I did not know that. I do not keep up with the news like I should. My brother uh, lost his job uh, during all of this because he works at a, he manages a restaurant, and it's the restaurant's been closed for months now. You know, because it's only indoor. They're in Santa Fe. It's getting around that time of the year where it's going to be freezing cold there and snowing. And he has no job. And I'm so worried about him. But, like, I'm like you. I'm making sure that everyone's taken care of. I'm there to help. I'll randomly go through my Venmo requests because a bunch of, like, random fans and stuff will be like, I lost my job. Like, please, anything helps. And I'll, like, donate. Like, I'll, like, pay them on Venmo some money. Like, just, you know, every now and then. Nobody get any ideas, okay? I don't need everyone requesting money from me. Um, But That's so sweet. Yeah, I mean, I just try to help, like, you know, because, like you said, it's the, like, survivor's guilt. Like, I feel bad that I'm still making an income. But it is like circumstantial, like our jobs are just different kinds of jobs where the show must go on. Yeah. And I'm grateful, like, like I'm so grateful, as I said before, with WWE, we've kind of set a standard for other sports and other entertainment. Like, hey, you know, there is a way to do it. And we've found a way to do it safely and effectively. And like, you know, it's it's like when you look at Major League Baseball, you look at hockey, you look at the NFL, like WWE, like we were the first to do that. So we've, we're, we're making it work and we can't wait. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I cannot wait to get back in front of like our fans, like have them literally in an arena right in front of us and performing for them. I know it's so interesting now that it's like a giant like Zoom call, like all the sports are doing that, you know, where they have all the screens and all the people can join in because um, like it's always been a dream of mine to walk down the ramp. And I like, of course I pictured me doing it by myself, but doing it with Angel Garza was just as fun. But I so wanted to see a bunch of screaming fans like going crazy. You know what I mean? And I was like, okay, well the screens still work though. I mean, but I really wish they were real people. And I bet you guys really wish they were too. Cause that's like what gets you guys so hyped up. It's the fans just give us that energy. They give us that energy to perform. They give you that adrenaline. Like it's still even for me, Again, we're making it work, and the Thunderdome is badass. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like there's nothing like being in front of a real audience. They give you that different kind of feel. They let you know if they like something. They let you know if they hate something. Even cutting a promo in front of them, you just you just feel, you know, you feel like a different kind of nervousness. Whereas, like, now I feel like I'm just, like, <laughs> it's just not the same. But we're looking forward to it. This isn't going to last forever, so we're just taking it. We're literally just rolling with the punches. It's all you can do. Being a WWE superstar takes a lot of badassness. <laughs> that's the right phrase. And um, confidence. And you exude confidence. And I know a lot of my listeners, a lot of people ask me all the time, like, where do you find your confidence? How do you maintain it? So I want to ask you that question. I, I feel like as far as maintaining confidence for me, it's just... Uh, it's being kind to myself. It's being like I, my sister, Jenny, she lives close to me. I'm always telling her, like, be nice to yourself because she's, she's very hard on herself. And she, you know, if she gains a pound or if she's down five pounds or if she, you know, like it's so easy to beat ourselves up, especially during a time like this. And I think more than anything, like what gives me confidence is just literally telling myself, like, you are enough. You are good enough. You matter. You are pretty enough. You are talented enough. You are kind enough. You, you, you are enough. And so many women and, and men as well, but like so many women, as I work with women, so many times I hear them say like, you know, I feel like this, or I look like that, or, you know, do I look fat? Or I felt kind of fluffy or like, there's so many times that we, we could be our own worst enemies. And we just feel like we're, like we're in our own heads. We're our biggest roadblock because we feel for some reason that we're not enough. 
Mm-hmm. And one thing I'm also reminding myself of is that sometimes it's not personal. Things that happen in WWE, the way that, you know, like storylines or this and that, most of it's not personal at all. It's all storyline driven. And it, it doesn't have any reflection on who we are inside. You know, if Natalia loses a match on Monday Night Raw, it doesn't mean that I'm a loser in real life. Yeah. You know, like, it doesn't mean that I'm not enough. It means that, like, I have something to work for and strive for and and build to in Storyland. You know, but I think, like, our fans sometimes on social media, they can be so mean and so cutthroat, but they can also be so amazing and give you support and tell you that you're great. I think you just have to kind of trust your own barometer inside of you. So it's good. You know what I mean? Like you probably understand that too with social media, you can get a lot of negativity mm-hmm. and you can get a lot of positivity, but at the end of the day, you have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and know that, you know, you are enough and that inner, whatever is speaking to you inside your heart, that is what you gauge, not what Bob at underscore.com is saying. <laughs> it's what you feel inside. And, and for you to tell, like, I always I go back in my head and I'm like, I am, I am enough. Like I have, I have to physically tell myself that all the time because it's, it's easy to get in your own head. Oh, absolutely. I, I love that you say that because that is one of the biggest things is that you have to focus on thoughts like that instead of the negative thoughts. Cause I could criticize myself all day. And if I'm criticizing myself, then I'm anxious, then I'm nervous, then I'm not confident. I feel insecure. But if I tell myself things like you are enough, you are beautiful, you are funny, you know, I reinforce positive thinking. Then whenever I get into a room, that energy comes outward. And then I do feel that way. I do feel like I'm enough. I do feel pretty, you know, and, and I do feel confident. And I, uh, I wanted to talk to you about online social media, the haters, because WWE has a very, very passionate following. The fandom is very intense. And I know that there's a lot of negative comments and also lots of positive comments. And like you said, though, it's all about how you feel about yourself. Someone once told me right after I did The Bachelor, they were like, look, you're going to get people are going to say bad things about you to you. And they're also going to say great things to you. You can't value either one of those things because if you value the good comments, if you value the people who are loving you and they're like complimenting you and praising you, that's going to automatically cause you to value the negative comments as well. So take like look at the comment, say, you know, that's a nice thing that that person said about me, but they don't know me. So I'm not going to like take that to heart because I, I love me. That's all that matters. And the people like my friends and my family, not random people online. Yeah. Uh, no, you're, that's, that's absolutely right. Like you can, you know, you can take the good with the bad, but at the end of the day, you have to be able to like, let it go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like my sister, Jenny was afraid to do Instagram because she was like, I don't want to read any bad comments. I just don't want to. And I was, and for her, there was hardly any bad comments, but I literally had to tell her like, you don't like, you don't, you can't take all those. Like, it's just because people are literally just unfiltered. You know, they, they literally just say whatever they want, even if they don't, even, they don't mean it. They're try, sometimes they're just trying to get a reaction, you know? And if I'm having, if I'm having a day where I'm not feeling so good about myself, sometimes I just won't read anything but verified comments. Mm-hmm. I have to make sure I'm in a good mental headspace to look at all those comments sometimes. It just depends on how I feel too. Yes, I agree with that. Like sometimes I can handle it. Sometimes I can't even look at the comments at all. But then other times I'll like look at the comments and if they'll be like mean comments to me or something, I just laugh and I'm just like, and they're not wrong. Like I do kind of look like stupid at this picture or something. And I just like laugh about it. Um, 
But sometimes if I'm having one of those bad days and I see a comment and I hate whenever I do it, I instantly regret it every time. But I will reply to some sassy motherfucker on my comments and I will just be I will just like burn them and I'm like, boom, roasted. And then I'm like, well, I don't feel any better now. But do you ever like have moments where like you like something just really gets under your skin and you react? Well, yes, I do. I have those moments every single day. Uh, <laughs> I have those moments in real life where, like, I want to go off the handle and text someone and lose my sh- shit on them. And then I have moments like that on social media where I'm, like, so angry about something I want to just unleash. But what I do, and I have this little rule with myself, I try to sleep on it. So if I want to lose my shit on someone, I always say, write it out what you want to say hold on to it. So I have a little like notes thing in my phone, hold on to it, save it. If you want to tweet it, put it in your drafts. Don't send it out yet. Sleep on it in the morning. Have a cup of coffee. You feel good. You feel great. You've slept on it. Look at that tweet. Look at that message that you wanted to send somebody that you wanted to lose your shit on (laughs) and see if you still feel the same way. That is what I do. And, and it's funny because I had a confrontation with a girl the other day, a friend of mine sort of at work. And um, I initially, when something went down between the two of us, I wanted to, I was upset and I wanted to like let her know right out of the gate that I was upset. But I was like, you might be overreacting. You might be a little emotional. You might just have had a long day. You could be a little dehydrated. You could be a little oversensitive. You let it breathe, Natty, let it breathe. Well, surely enough, I slept on it the next morning and I was like, fuck that. I still feel this way. Oh. I, still, I still feel this way. I talked to her. We worked it out. It was all good. Uh, I, did, like, I didn't even send her a message on the phone. I just I talked to her in person. I was like, this is how you made me feel. This is why I felt that way. And like, it felt so good. So sometimes speaking your truth and dropping a couple like... No, I'm not going to be screwed with. Like, you need that sometimes to remind people of who you are and what you stand for and that you have a backbone. And then there are other times that you're just being a girl and you just want to unleash on somebody on Twitter and you're like, Natty, they've got two followers. (laughs) You are literally giving these people, this guy that just called you fat, old, stupid, ugly, and boring. You are now giving this guy an identity because you have 2.2 million followers on Twitter and this guy's got two. You know, I, and now oh you're giving, God. I'm giving this guy attention and giving him life. Giving him exactly what he wanted. Exactly. He wants attention. So that's why, that's when I hit the little mute button. Oh, nice. I, I be blocking people on Twitter left and right these days. Like say one negative thing and you're out of here because I just want to pop off. But I think that's really good advice is because I, I definitely ha- am reactionary to a fault at times. So, and I'm very passionate whenever something like pisses me off or something upsets me. I, I want to let you know right then and there, and I'm not going to do it the best way. So I like the advice of like sleeping on it. And even if I do still feel the same way the next day, I've at least had time to sleep on it and let my emotions rest so I could approach it in a more mature way. Kind of sounds like what you did with your friend. Like you went and talked to her in person instead of like sending a petty text. Yeah. I mean, I even do that with my husband sometimes where I'm like, I want to explode. Cause he's a TJ. It's a challenging dynamic because he's also like, at work he's kind of like and for the girls like right now he's like the producer that we're working with so he he gets the messages from Vince about what they want for our matches and then he relays them to us and then we work with him and put it together so sometimes he's like my my little boss at work oh weird and I'm like but I'm kind of the boss in real life so I'm like (laughs) 
it's like, it's hard because like, sometimes I just want to be like, get on him and get mad at him. But I'm like, Natty, you got to maintain professionalism. And, and so I even have to do that. I practice that with TJ all the time where I'm like, I want to say this, I'm going to write it down. I'm going to sit on it for a minute because we, we're human. We can totally be reactionary, but it's really something that's helped me. It's helped me with social media. It's helped me in my relationships, write it out, look at it, leave it alone, come back to it. Don't have a glass of wine and come back to it. Have a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, seriously, the wine will make it worse. The wine will make me start adding some more F-bombs in there. <laughs> Don't have the wine and tweet. No, that's my biggest mistake. I always have the wine and tweet. And then the next day I'm like, oh boy, we really went there last night, didn't we? <laughs> so embarrassing, so shameful. But I've I still been there. Also, that you said that you have to stand your ground at times and it's all about the way that you uh, communicate that. But I know for me, and I'm sure a lot of people struggle with this, there's tons and millions of people who do this. It's kind of like a little bit of like fear because you don't want to upset this person and also maybe not even fear, but it's like, I don't even want the drama. So I'm just going to like, let it go and be the bigger person. But if you keep being the bigger person, you're going to get walked on. You're like, they're going to walk all over you. You're setting a standard of what you're willing to accept of their behavior. So if I think, Oh, I'm just being the bigger person. I'm just going to let it go and pretend like they didn't say that because I'm, I don't want to have this drama, this confrontation, whatever. And then they're just going to keep doing it and doing it. Whereas you could approach it in a way of like, hey, you know, that made me feel like this. I don't appreciate that. And I would like for that not to happen again. And something as simple as that, instead of me exploding and being like, I can't fucking believe you think you can fucking talk to me like that, blah, blah, blah. And then now I've created a huge, huge problem. But just like, you know, saying what you were willing to tolerate and not tolerate in like a respectful way. Yeah. I would have to definitely sleep before I could do that. You know, I'd have to sleep on it. (laughs) I, I, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, I, and I say that to the girls a lot too, because women, women are very emotional and WWE can be very, we're all entertainers. So we're even more like sometimes have a heightened state of emotions. When you come back from a match and a performance and you've been physical and you have all that adrenaline, you can have even, even more emotions. So I always try to, if I need, if I'm upset about something, just take a breather, walk away. Um, but, but I also think like, pick and choose your battles. Sometimes you definitely need to stand up for yourself. And sometimes you just need to like, okay, let's just walk away from this for a second. Just pick like, you have to, again, gauge on like, like I actually found Ronda Rousey to be really, really good at that exact thing. She would be really smart about like not engaging with people over like, you know, even when people were kind of testing her or screwing, screwing with her a little bit, she would just let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. And she was so good at letting it go for, for the type of person that she is, that knowing that she literally could kick everybody's ass. Mm-hmm. She like, she let so much stuff go and literally just like acted like it never, ever, ever bothered her. And in, in a lot of ways, that way she won because she's like, I've already been through some of the worst things that I could ever go through in my life. This girl who's giving me attitude, I'm not going to let her ruin my day. And I'm certainly not going to give her the satisfaction of that. But like... I saw her one time kind of confront someone and I was like, in that moment, I think it was like, Oh, Rondo really was mad about that. Like she, she went there, you know, she kind of reminded that person, like you said, like, Hey, this is who I am. Like, I'm not going to have a big meltdown with you, but understand I'm not going to be, 
I'm not going to be messed with. Yeah. I remember uh, I watched her very first match. I was in awe. I was like, what? We've got Ronda Rousey in the WWE? It was crazy. Who did? Who is she up against? I love Ronda. Do you remember who she her first fight was with? Her, her first, she did a tag match. It was her and Kurt Angle versus oh. Stephanie and Triple H. Yes. Oh. It was... It was really, 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 like, she blew everybody away. She put in so much work into the match. And, like, you know, she really came in prepared. And she was, she was so, and still is to this day, so, so, so respectful of, you know, the locker room and the girls. And, like, she never made, like, she'd always come to me for advice. And, like, what can I do better? And she, she really listened to me and trusted me and, like, showed me so much respect. And, like, and I appreciated that. And, like, I know she... You know, when she came into WWE, it wasn't like she had a free pass or a free ride, but she definitely was coming in as a star that the company was going to push. So in that sense, she could have come in with a shitty attitude and been like big leaguing everyone. And, you know, she came in, she changed with all of us in our locker room. She was really, she was great. Like, I don't, it's so hard because I don't, I, I don't have any like bad things to say about Rhonda. You know, I, re- I really don't like, she's just, she, she just. She was, she's just an awesome person and she's really loyal. She's loyal almost to a fault. That's really interesting. That's really cool to hear. Cause I always really liked her too. Is she still wrestling right now? No, she's taking some time off. She, from what I understand, she, after not this, this year's WrestleMania, but last year's WrestleMania, our last WrestleMania in front of like fans, um, she was in the first women's main event with Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair for WrestleMania. After that match, she wanted to take time off and like focus on her family and focus on starting a family and just being with her family. And I think, I think since Rhonda was a little girl, she had been training so hard. She started training in judo when she was eight years old. So she, she really, she trained so much of her life, so much of her childhood and her teen years and her twenties that like in her thirties, she was like, I need to take a break, like from everything. And, you know, for my mind and like, you know, she's got this beautiful farm and these animals and she's like got this self-sustaining like lifestyle and she loves her husband. And she's just like, a, she's just got a really great perspective on things. Like what's more impor- important to her is her family more than money. And I love that. Oh, I love that. That's such a good sign of a good person right there. Do you ever see yourself like wanting to ever take a break or like, do you have any other like, you know, goals or like dreams you want to achieve? I mean, you've already achieved like the most amazing dream. You're a huge, super famous WWE superstar. You're set for life. But is there anything else that you want to like accomplish or like, you you know, if you want to start a business or if you want to like move away to a farm, like what's what's going on in your head with all that? Um, Well, it's actually a great question. Um, I love what I do in WWE. I feel like no matter what, even when I'm not wrestling here, like in the ring, um, as much as I want to wrestle into my sixties, uh, <laughs> um, I will always like my, I love wrestling and I, I've loved wrestling since I was a child. I've been around the industry my whole life. I love wrestling, but I, I always feel, I feel, I feel very compelled to be in entertainment. I, I, and I'm not talking about being an actor. I'm talking about like, especially from total divas. I have, you know, in doing nearly 150 episodes of that show, I love the entire production atmosphere. Like I love the, 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 the way we put the shows together, the way that stories are told. I love being behind the camera. I love being in front of the camera. I love, like, I love, I love telling stories and I would love to 
produce some of my own like documentaries about the industry, about people in the industry. And like, cause when I watch TV, that's what I look for. If I'm watching Netflix or if I'm watching like HBO or Showtime or, you know, if I'm looking for something to watch, I want to watch real life documentaries. The documentary that inspired me so much was the Andre the Giant documentary. Oh, we love Andre the Giant. And that documentary was one of the best. I think it was on, I think it was HBO. I can't, I can't remember if it was Showtime or HBO, but it was such a good documentary and it made me go, I want to tell a story about my dad's life. I want to produce it. I want to produce it and help. Like, I want to work with a filmmaker that, you know, helped do this Andre the Giant documentary. So the, like, those are things that I'm thinking about. Like, I want to do that. I want to, I want to do a, a women's reality show, another women's reality show centered around wrestling. And, and like, I have all these ideas about what we could do. It could be a competition show. We could train girls that never had wrestled before. We could take somebody that doesn't even, that's never watched WWE. And can I teach them everything I know and mold them? And can we get Carmella to teach them about how to cut a promo and Lana to teach them about clothes and Becky Lynch to come in and teach them about, you know, being the man. And like, I have all these visions for like women empowerment in front of the camera. Like I just love, I love bringing entertainment to people. And I, I really got that from Total Divas. Even when I was doing, like when I was doing the show, I was very cognizant of like, in order to keep people entertained, unfortunately, sometimes you have to go to places that you don't want to go to on TV. You have to open yourself up. You have to show that like, nobody wants a happy locker room. <laughs> nobody wants, well, we want it, but nobody wants to see that when they're watching TV. They want to see the good, the bad, the ugly, the tears, the insecurity, the the jealousy, the happiness, the emotions, the like women are so complex. I like, I want to be able to show all of that. And I tried to show that when we were doing Total Divas, I tried to show like, I, I get happy, I get sad, I get jealous, I get insecure, I get territorial. I'm excited for my friends. I want the best for Brie and Nicole. Lana's pissing me off. You know, my <laughs> husband's driving me crazy. Like, and then we all come together at the end of the day because that's what we do. We're human. We are, we are, imperfect beings and and by showing the audience that we can be that we're not perfect it reminds them watching like they can resonate with that resonates with them they go yeah like i love watching natty because you know she's not afraid to say what she feels even if it's not the right thing or like she made a mistake or like she just blurted this out or like or maybe they don't like watching me maybe they resonate with brie and nicole you know, like it's, but I want people to feel something when they watch the show. That's why I was very open about sharing like my dad's funeral. Cause at first when my dad, we were in the middle of filming Total Divas when my dad passed away and we were filming um, our last episode for season eight and my dad passed away suddenly during filming. And I remember like WWE, like the higher ups saying to me, like, don't worry, you don't have to film. Like you don't have to do any more filming if you don't want to, like, you, you know, we won't cover your dad. We won't talk about, I said, no. We, we need to talk about it because I'm on a reality show and this is what's really going on in my life. Mm -hmm. And if I can't share these deep, dark moments with the, like, if I can't share this, then I don't belong on this reality show because there might be somebody watching at home that they just lost their dad or they just lost their mom or they just lost a loved one. They might need something like this to help relate and get them through and go, I get that. Like that, I understand what you went through. My husband had Alzheimer's. My grandma had Alzheimer's. My dad had problems with drugs. This, my aunt had it. Like I was never afraid to sh showcase that kind of stuff because I wanted people to get something from the episodes, not just me and Lana fighting over a purse. Yes. I love your perspective on that. And you are very entertaining and you're, you've always been someone who I love watching whether or not I'm rooting for you or rooting against you. You know, like if you're uh, like in the, in a ring with somebody that I like, or even like, you know, in some drama on the show, no matter what, 
I never forgot you. You know, and I was always like, what's Natty going to do this time? Like, what's Natty going through today? Like, who's who's going to fight with Natty? Like, all this stuff. And you're right. It's entertainment. And you are aware of that. And a lot of people, they get like, I was going to ask you how you felt about doing a reality show because, you know, I do reality TV and a lot of people are so scared to be entertaining because they don't want to have a bad image. And I'm like, they want to pretend to be perfect and all this stuff. And I'm like, nobody in the world wants to watch that. Like nobody wants to there. You're just going to make people feel insecure if you're pretending to be perfect. And then they think that's who you really are. Like show your ass, make people laugh, make people cry, get into a fight, say you're sorry. Like go through all of the emotions because that's like what you said. Like, you know, I came out on TV. I came out as like bisexual. Do you think I wanted to do that? Not really, but I was like, I'm actually going through this right now. This is a reality show. This is real life. And I bet that this will probably help a lot of people that, you know, are scared to come out themselves. I had no idea how much it would help people. Like, you know, it was like a huge influx of like all these messages of people saying, thank you. Thank you for representing us. And I mean, it was a lot and I still get very overwhelmed about it, but I feel more proud of that than like a lot of other things in my life. And it was just something I was going through, you know? Yeah, no, and I think that's that, that's exactly it. Like, it's it's hard to share it, but if you can help someone, that's like really important to you know because you're reaching so many people. Your your reach is really huge. So if there's somebody that is scared to share that they're bisexual as well, like you might actually inspire someone to come out to their parents, come out to their friends, or just be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Like you're normalizing it. You you have that big reach, and you're normalizing it, and. Yeah. You know, even when The Rock came out, I know it's a little different, but when he came out and said that he had COVID, I thought that was so important that The Rock said, like, I got COVID, my kids got COVID, my wife got COVID, and I just want everybody to know, like, that this thing isn't over and that, like, I'm the healthiest person on the planet. You know, The Rock has catered, you know, he's got a chef that makes some food, he works out six days a week. There's, I don't know of anybody else that's in better physical health than The Rock, but when he came out and said that he had COVID, it really made me go, anyone can get this. Like, I, I don't feel so alone. I, I feel like, wow, like, you know, like he made it, he just brought up human quality to it. And again, it's, it's, it's different than coming out and saying, you know, like, I'm gay or I'm this or I'm that or like, you know, but it, it's in you sharing that, Demi, you are, you, you just have no idea the impact that you're like, you, you're helping someone, you're helping people by the masses. Not to, to not be afraid of who they are inside. Yes. And I totally get what you mean about The Rock coming out with the COVID thing, because I know a lot of people, a lot of my friends, a lot of people in L.A., they're like, if I get COVID, I'm never telling anyone. And it's like, why? Like, why not? What are you what are you ashamed of that you caught a, a, vi- a viral a virus that is put us on a pandemic and you're going to you're like making it not normal to catch something that's literally like taking over the world and you're going to like make people feel embarrassed to have it and like no it's ridiculous like if i had covid i would i would want to be like the rock and be like look i've got covid this is real this is my chance to educate everyone like you know i thought i was safe i'm healthy anyone can get it so it's very admirable that he did that and yeah i just think being yourself which is what you've always done and you've always spoken your mind too that's so refreshing to see you know it's like not uh like not filtered not censored it's just like nope this is how i'm feeling and it's completely normal and okay. Like you don't have to be one thing. You, and, and that's the thing is that you like people don't like perfect. Perfect doesn't resonate with people. That's why like I think it's just so important to like really be authentic. 
and like be okay with, you know, like making mistakes. Like on Raw last night, I made a little mistake in the ring. And like, at first I was like beating myself up over it. And I was like, oh, I can't believe I did that. I shouldn't have done that. Like, I'm so stupid. I'm like, everybody's gonna like make fun of me for it. And then I was like, who cares? This shit is hard. You know, like, okay, I didn't feed in the way that I needed to feed in for a drop kick. Mickey could have hit me harder. Like, it, it's, it's over with. It's done with. Nobody cares. Nobody's hung up on it the way that you're hung up on it in your head. Like, again, it goes back to being kind to yourself, believing in yourself, trusting in that you are enough. You are good enough. Like, life is hard. Whether I worked at a restaurant for 10 years as a waitress. You know, I love, I absolutely love being a waitress. It was like one of my favorite jobs ever. I just love people and I love earning my own money and like, but life is hard no matter what you do, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a mom, whether you're a WWE superstar, whether you're on a reality show, like this shit is hard. You know, we're all kind of in this game of life together. So the more the kind that we can all be to ourselves, the kinder we can be to each other. And, you know, we can all, we can all still tell each other how we feel, but we can do it in an empathetic way that, you know, when we open up the lines of communication, like it's just better. You know, and again, I'm, I'm a work in progress learning all this too. <laughs> Me too, but I agree with you. It's speaking with empathy and whenever you do have that open line of communication, so much more like productive things can happen from it. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, is there anything else that you want to uh, talk about right now? Is there any new projects you've got going on? Um, I don't know when Total Divas comes back, but I know that we can watch you every Monday on WWE Raw, Monday Night Raw. Um, well, right now we're in a storyline. It's myself and Oscar and Nikki James and Lana. And um, I'm excited to see where that goes because obviously we all want the women's championship from Oscar, and I will do whatever it takes to get that. Um, as far as Total Divas goes, I don't know what the, what the scoop is on that because we can't really film right now. Like we can't have a big film crew following us around. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that something really positive comes up in the future where we can have not only fans again sitting in the audience but like our i miss our total divas family i miss like even the people that filmed us on the show and worked behind the scenes and like you know there was quite a bit of them so it, i understand like we can't have a mass camera crew of 20 people following us around but when when we were able to have things more normal i, I would love to resume total divas again and, and to be able to bring those stories to people that are watching at home that really followed us for seven years you know, and, and I'm grateful, you know, not to make light of like the pandemic. Like I'm so grateful that I'm okay. My family's in good health. I've managed to, you know, I still have my career and um, I'm very, very lucky and grateful for that. But like the pandemic has, has taught me a lot too about slowing down, taking time for myself, being kinder to myself, being kinder to others and just relaxing, you know, like it's okay to do nothing sometimes. It's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> I love doing nothing. It's the best. During this downtime, I need you to start writing your show so you can put, cast me on it. Because like you, I love doing reality TV. I love the crew. I love being in front of the camera. I I love it. And I want to be on your show. And I think that you'd be really good at it. You seem to like be very passionate and know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, I, I, it's, a, it's a dream of mine to, to produce a documentary or documentaries about wrestlers from the past like my dad and to really share his story and to share stories about the women in our locker rooms and like you know just having seen so much like I really really think that those documentaries like the Andre the Giant documentary I want to see more of them and I want to see more of them on 
women in WWE because I work with so many. I, I would love, obviously, to do it on my dad. I'd love to share my husband's story. There's so many things, like, I think being behind the camera and producing these shows. And, of course, I'd love to be in front of the camera, too. But, like, I think bringing entertainment to people, that's always going to be what I do. You know, and, of course, we've got our new wrestling school, which it's not a school that we're – you know, it's not open to the public because right now the truth of the matter is, is that as much as I want to have my own wrestling school at this moment in my life, I'm just during COVID, I'm not comfortable in having, taking a bunch of people's money and not being able to be in their hands-on training with them because, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't be guaranteed that not everybody that's training with me that isn't a WWE talent doesn't have COVID because, you know, it's so right now it's such a touchy time, but down the road, down the road, when we make it past this pandemic, my husband and I do want to open up our own wrestling school and, and be able to help people learn their passions and dreams and, you know, get to the WWE with all the knowledge that we have. So that is an aspiration for us in the future. Well, sign me up whenever. Get my little ass in the ring. Oh, well, thank you so much, Demi. I'm so happy that we got to talk today. Me too. Thank you so much. You were very insightful, had some really awesome advice, and I could listen to you talk all day. I love that. Oh, thank you. I'm so sorry. I have such a sore throat today, so I apologize for my voice. Oh my gosh, no, we love the raspy voice. Um, Why don't you, seriously, I wish mine was raspy. It's just annoying. Um, Why don't you tell the listeners your Instagram handle and your Twitter handle so they can check you out on social media? Well, the good thing is, is that my Instagram and Twitter are exactly the same. It's at Nat by Nature. So N-A-T-B-Y, nature. Awesome. And she's got great content. They can also follow my cat, Two Paws, on Instagram. Two P-A-W-Z. Yes, it's the cutest cat ever. I'm obsessed with Two Paws. Okay, thank you so much for doing this. And get back to your company. And hopefully I will see you soon. I hope to be back on WWE soon. I can't wait to see you again soon, Demi. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, love. Bye. Thank you all for listening. I had so much fun with that interview and I am really excited for next week. You guys will definitely have to tune in. It's going to be something a little bit different and I think it's going to be very educational for everyone. Very interesting. I hope you guys have a great week and I will see you next Wednesday. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast One or wherever you listen to your podcasts at. I really need to hear some feedback so I can make this better for y'all. Bye. I do like also that you said...